Monte Cristo in Nashville. It's Brianna and Marcus, and this is Smoking Section. Yes, I said it, Brianna. This is the first time that you have come back to this. Here we Here are. Here we are. Another yes. brilliant episode. This is yes. actually the finale of season three. Ooh, and I waited, and, and, <laughs> and I waited so long because I wanted to get this. I wanted to get his girlfriend on before I got him on. Mm, ladies first. Ladies first. Oh, I, want, I wanted to be a gentleman. This is a... <laughs> One of my favorite friends is my. This is one of my favorite artists in town. He is uh, originally from Nashville, Tennessee. He is yeah, a platinum selling artist. Um, and wow. he is uh, god awful at bowling. His name. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. Just it's simply not true. That's simply not true. <laughs> I'm putting it out to the world. Mitchell Tiffany is horrible at bowling. <laughs> Let's roll him, baby. Let's roll him. <laughs> he's he's, he's come bowling one time and then has never showed back up ever again. <laughs> so then he's not horrible at bowling. He's just horrible for showing up at bowling. Which makes him horrible at bowling because... <laughs> I'm gonna give not her. The, I'm not gonna disagree. That was that was actually. You're right. Marcus <laughs> is wrong. You're right. <laughs> Cheers. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Do, doing well. Doing well. Um, you know, just trying to figure out everything and do what we got to do to get back to normal in any way, shape, or form. So, man, I'm I'm good. I've got a great mindset about this year. We're we're just gonna go get it, man. Doing good. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. You know, a lot good. of a lot of big things happening. You know, in, in life and with this podcast. So I've already started looking for next season. So it's been, uh, here we go. It's been, uh, <laughs> I got some killer guests. I'm not going to lie. I got some killer guests. Hell Good. yeah, dude. We so, love that. But it's been, it's been fantastic. It's been great, but this is not about us. This is going to be the episode. <laughs> we give everyone a uncensored, unfiltered look into Mitchell Tiffany. All right. Cool. Let's go. A little, a little nervous. Uh, yeah. This is what I might find some things. your childhood. I'm, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, I find out some things about me. Yeah, you might find some things you don't know about yourself. Well, you know? well, right now it's my shoulder. I was doing a handstand oh, drop oh, on the beach two oh, nights oh, ago, oh. and uh, I fell out. And I don't know. I really thirty-one. I can't be doing headstands no more. That isn't good. So he got that. From, he got that from doing handstands. He didn't get that from bowling. No, that's not from bowling. <laughs> well, he would have uh, to show up in order to get her. Oh, that's, that's, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Right. Yeah, it's right. I'm just falling up. I'm falling apart over here, y'all. Hey, it happens. It's, so, it's so fun. Mitchell, I, I yeah. hear you are a Nashville native. So you yes. you've been here. You've been for 31 years. What has <laughs> yeah. it been like being one of the like three Nashville natives <laughs> that are currently on the scene right now? Everyone else is migrating yeah. from everywhere else. How how's it been seeing everything progress and change? Yeah, um, it, it's funny you say that too. Yeah, I think the the few natives kind of kind of come together too we all like to yeah. hang out but um yeah it's just been crazy it's uh I, I was lucky enough to kind of grow up in the industry you know my grandmother she was president of sony publishing and so i was always oh, surrounded wow. by songwriters um my whole life and the songwriting side of it and i saw this nashville at a young age that i fell in love with that i guess i say i bumped my head early on and i always wanted to be a songwriter and so watching nashville change into and it was always a music business but it just feels like as nashville's grown and as it's become a melting pot we've lost a little bit of that charm that i fell mm-hmm. in love with 
with. And I'm, mm-hmm. we're just, and now it's just starting for some reason with like just the way everybody's coming together. You know, these groups, friendship groups are being built and I'm starting to see a little bit of that again. I don't know why that's changing. Maybe it's because they've torn down every building in, the, in Nashville that was cool and built everything. But I think people are kind of tr- coming together because I think we've been pushed apart for so long yeah. and everyone's like, screw it, I'm done with this. Yeah. Like, let's come back and they're rooting for each other. And it's kind of reminded me of the Nashville I grew up with that for, for years, 10, 15 years was kind of lost. And I feel like, I don't know, it just feels like it's starting to come back and I'm hoping it does. Yeah, I, I love that. Well, it's like, we have no other choice at this point, right? It's right. like, we have to come together. You talk, I agree. You talk about this, this city growing. Um, obviously, I, I mean, I've been here for 10, 11, 12, you told shit, 11 years or shit. Well, yeah, um, you've seen a lot. Though. Well, was, yeah, you've seen more mm-hmm. than me. So it's like, I remember the times where, you know, across the street from Tenerife, it was not an apartment complex. It was a gravel parking lot. <laughs> the gravel parking lot. Yeah, we, would yeah. leave our, we would leave our, we would leave our cars there yes. and we got too drunk. On, yes. On the hill. On, on a, a rock, hill, on a rock ledge. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Oh my God. Everyone had parking, free parking. Was Everyone had free parking. <laughs> <laughs> Going and then walk downtown. You know, we've we've seen this grow. Um, (laughs) Are you liking the growth that this town is giving? Because I know that there are people who (laughs) was born here and and wanted wanted to stay the way it was. Yeah, and they're not liking the way the it's been getting. It's getting that big city feel now. Mm -hmm. Um, I love it. I love it. I I hate the traffic, but I I love the growth. I mean, growing up, we had like Applebee's, Chili's, and Shoney's, and now we got a million restaurants to pick from. We got real good food. Not talking crap. Shit on those. I love those restaurants too. Rafferty, <laughs> you know, the Ruby Tuesdays. We had we had the chain restaurants, and now all of a sudden we have like true chefs moving here, mm. creating amazing food. Mm-hmm. The music scene has exploded. It's not just country music, and just our city's growing. Like East Nashville, you didn't go to East Nashville growing up. Very dangerous, yeah. very dangerous. I remember um, we had big tornadoes, kind of like what happened. Almost the same thing happened when I was in second grade. And a bunch of our churches went over to East Nashville to try to help rebuild, and, and people were just getting robbed coming to help. And it was just you just didn't go over there. It was a completely different place. And so our city has at least grown for a lot of the better. Broadway, you didn't go down to Broadway. Uh, I remember I I grew up on 12 South. My mom wouldn't let me walk down to Corner Music, which rest in peace isn't there anymore. It's moved. But I wasn't even, I couldn't walk down there, man. It's too many drug deals, too many things going on. And now it's just, you know, you look at 12 South, you're like, that's the most, you know, uppity place there, you know, walking through there, the Gulf, same thing. So so the, the accessibility of our city now, the safety uh, is amazing. And we have sports teams that I'm undeniable. Like growing up, we didn't have sports teams. So when we got the Preds and Titans and uh, everything. It, it kind of kind of opened up. Uh, when it was kind of where the boom started from national. Yeah. And then everyone started coming here for that. We're about to get an MLB team too. There's been some talks about that. I, I know. I'm actually a part of the team on that. We are the Nashville Stars. I got my jersey upstairs. Just came in. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's so going that, to be oh, amazing. So that means it's going to be amazing. My sport. So that needs to happen. That, mean, that means going your boy, to. That means your boy gets to the get some free tickets coming up, right? Yeah. Oh, we yeah. got we we got you, man. We got you. Right, right. you just shout out the Nashville Stars. Season uh, we, passes, dude. Yeah, Season it's passes. Gonna, I can't say Home everything, base. but it's going to be incredible. The stadium, the atmosphere, just everything built around it. It's going to be insane. It's going to add to Nashville and Nashville's value so much. And it's going to be really, really cool. So look forward to it. I'm from Southern California and that's baseball is, we got we got freaking two teams in Southern California as it is. And it's just, the, 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 the atmosphere around baseball is so different to me than any other sport. Right. I might be biased, but like the fact that we're getting a national like baseball team, yeah. I'm freaking living for that. That's amazing that you're a part of it. Well, it's it's coming, it's coming. We've had the sounds. We still love our sounds. I love oh, them. Yeah. We are we are going to uh, we're going to have all the big three. So it's going to be good. <laughs> 
Well, and then we got to bring a basketball team here, I guess. I need that. Oh, that's yeah, what I need. true. That's that's what true. I need. I, I agree with you. I'm a massive <laughs> basketball fan. It'll come. We're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. All right. I love um, it. Love so it. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about your music. Let's talk about... I was doing some research, and I didn't know this, but we we, we both went to MTSU. We're, we're both Blue Raiders. Blue Raiders, baby. Nice. You, come on. You, uh, you, you actually, you graduated from there, right? I did, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's, it's okay. No, no, it's all right. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, y'all! I just dropped out of college last week, so. Hey, hey you know what? Good for you. If, if you know what you, if you know what you're doing, go do it. Go do it earlier. I, I love college. I networked. I learned a lot. Yeah. But uh, if I'd have known exactly what I wanted to do, I, you know, who knows what would happen? But I graduated, so I got the diploma. For? Recording industry, contracts, legal issues, entrepreneurship. So I, I want to know how to protect myself when I got into this hey, industry, and it actually did help useful a lot with contracts. So my yeah. so my question is, you mentioned about you know you wanted to know what you you wanted to know what you wanted to do. Did you know what you wanted to do when you went to MTSU or did you go through the motions of learning the entire business mm-hmm. through that before you decided what you really wanted to do? I've never known what I want to do. I still don't. I'm just doing <laughs> yes. it. I, I'm yep. just going with the flow. Um, yep. I thought I wanted to play football, you know, um, realized didn't want to get up, uh, you know, go to sleep at four in the morning after drinking and partying and playing music <laughs> and get up for 530 <laughs> workouts. Uh, and then I started falling in love, you know, playing live music. I, I was always in bands and played all through before college, but I just really enjoyed um, the group of roommates I had. We all played and we started writing songs together and I enjoyed being a songwriter. And I just did that. I enjoyed making music and doing that. I didn't have a clue it would go anywhere. When I graduated, I started working construction and wow. just things just happened left and right. The guy that I was working construction for introduced me to a guy I ended up starting Riser House Records with. Me and him started that just out of, I wanted to put music out and he loved music. And then from that group, we got to play a CMA Fest show somehow, you know, sold that little area out. It was one of those national stories where you never know who's in the room and Sony records happen to be there. And then we do a joint venture with them. And then my, then I'm an artist now, not just a songwriter. And it's just, it's just wild. It's just natural. I've never known what I'm doing. I still don't. I'm just going with the flow. And I, I feel like the most success I've ever has is being naive, uh, being smart, mm-hmm. naive, continuing to be naive. When I try to not be naive and think I know what I'm doing, that's when things start to kind of halt. So it's about, you know, kind of keeping that reason you put the guitar poster on the wall, you know, the, the bands on the wall and fell, fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. Keeping that, you know, it's kind of been the best thing for me. Yeah, well, I think one of the best things about music in general is there's so many different avenues that you can take and there's so many right. different things that you can do so you can start songwriting. My cousin, my cousin, Natalie Hemby, who we need to have on the show. Oh, I that's mean, your cousin? I, I love Natalie Hemby. She's Natalie's amazing. freaking incredible. And, you know, we've talked a lot. She's one of the first people that I wrote with when I was like 13 years old. And, you know, she, she had a pub deal at 19. And then at my age, which is 28, she was working at Comcast, not doing anything in music. And then <laughs> right. now she's in her 40s and literally just got a record deal in her 40s and it's like she's done the songwriting thing she's done yeah. it, it's just she's kind crushed of all it over. as a she's songwriter like, too she is is exactly and it's just like she just loves music and she makes music and it falls where it may and i think that that's the best way to kind of go about a you career in the music industry you can't yeah, be stuck you, on one thing you know if you want to if you want to be in the music industry for years you gotta you gotta take what it gives you because it is a yep. it's a tough industry and i've learned that i just want to be <laughs> yeah. in the music industry whether it's a business owner a record label owner an artist a songwriter i want to do it i'll always do every aspect of it but what am i going to be you know at the time yeah. you know professionally doing i'm going to let it kind of guide me on that one. that's uh Dude, i love that i love a, that and that, i think that's the way you have to I, i've always the best advice someone gave me when i first got into music industry was you have to if you want to know what you want to do in this industry try every part of the industry <laughs> yeah <laughs> because well it's also it's also you learn about them all 
you, you, you got to. It's a business oh, yeah. too. And so you need to know every spot of it. I, I just, I was riding with an artist today. Yeah. I won't say his name, but he, um, you know, was telling me about some of the horrible things that he signed early and what it would, would mess with him. And like, he didn't know he was mm. a kid. He, he saw lights <laughs> and, and a record deal and, and it screwed him for a while. And it's like, now he knows, but man, if he would have known then the money he could have made and saved. And, you know, it's just, it's just, I hear those stories all the time. And it's very important, yeah. especially in this age when we're they're signing TikTok artists left and right and kids are getting famous in two seconds off the internet. Um, you, you know, those deals you're signing, yep. and, I, and I hate to say it, they're, they're shitty deals. And that's why you're signing them. Um, you're They're, they're taking horrible. your money, mm-hmm. your masters, and they are uh, making a quick mm-hmm. dollar off of you. And you need to know how to protect yourself. And I wish I could... Yep. You no, know, be a voice to a lot of them, but unfortunately you can't, but people have to learn. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta build your own shield of armor in this industry. So it's kind of the yeah. way it works. Dude, definitely. 100%. And it's weird how you think that like, that's the definition of success is like getting that deal right. or, or getting that anything, any of that recognition like that. That's not it. I was with Sony when I was uh, <laughs> yeah. 16 and whoo, it was, yeah. it was, it was not great. And now I'm doing production. So it's like, yeah. it, you just got to kind of go with the flow and don't put all of your eggs in that basket of needing a deal, needing this, needing that. I agree. It's not all so, that it is. So let's, let's let's talk about yeah. let's talk about the fact that because you didn't you didn't have to travel here in town and, and play music outside of town yeah. before you like like the normal artist that's, yeah. that we, that we've heard you know we've heard so much about yeah oh uh, yeah you didn't have to do all that you you were homegrown so did that make living here in Nashville and building your network did it make it easier because I think people have the misunderstanding that when you are living here in town or you're coming from out of town you know it's a lot easier because you already live here like did it make it easier for you to one get your music out there you two to 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 get a deal to get a publishing to get management that make it easier because you were from here because you already had connections here or easier than the people who come in town to be where you are yeah i don't think it's easy easy at all for either but i would say venture say it was harder because when you're here that's enough time too much time for people to go ahead and make an assumption early on. And we know how quick it's, it's, I want the hot thing. I want it right now. And if I've already made an assumption, it can be 10 years down the road and I've already made, made my mind up. So, um, I, I would venture to say it's a little bit harder, uh, doing that within it. Are you the new hot thing in town? You've got a buzz, sign up immediately, go, go, go. Other uh, than having to work from that, especially coming from the industry. You know, we had different last names, but people would know like, Oh, they thought I got my stuff from my grandmother. My grandmother passed when I was like 14. You know, I didn't, I wouldn't even start like I passed, but she got sick, like almost like an Alzheimer's thing. Like I wasn't able to talk mm-hmm. to communicate with her. She couldn't call people. Like there was, there was nothing from that. Yeah. And if anything, you have that stigma of that, but people don't want to help you out. So I don't, I would say it's not easy for anybody for moving here or not. And you know, it's definitely got to be hard moving here and leaving everything behind to chase a dream. Um, but at the same time, you still kind of got to leave everything behind. Even, even if I went down the road to chase this dream, I mean, I don't see my friends from high school anymore. I don't see my family as much on the road. It's, it doesn't matter if you move a thousand miles or 10, you're still leaving everything behind when you chase the music dream. Mm. Uh, I just happen to be born and raised here and grew up with a, you know, a little bit lucky to kind of fall in love with it maybe earlier. But uh, besides that, it's still, it's still the same road once you're here. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. Who like, since you, since you were here and kind of a little bit in the music industry because of your grandma, you guys had some connections. Who would you say like was your, was the like the pivotal person 
in your career in, in getting you kind of started at the place yeah. you're at now? Uh, me and a guy, an artist named Ernest right now, we born and raised here in Nashville, went to the same school. My, my younger brother, Rayford Tenpenny, plays in my band, and him and Ernest were best friends growing up. They're three years younger than me. And so he was always at my house. We were always writing. And me and me and um, Ernest wrote with the Warren Brothers. Um, they uh, I'd I known them since I was a kid, um, but they would never write with us. They, they're professionals. But they they always said, if I ever get a day canceled, we'll, we'll come with you. And one day they called me, they canceled. We wrote a song together. Um, I did the demo, I did the track. I sent it off and it got put on hold. Uh, Keith Urban took it immediately. And so then Sony was interested. And if, and it, but they were interested because, you know, I had, you know, the Warren Brothers on a song. It was my first yeah. big write. I, I was able to do the demo and for God willing, you know, he, he gave us a, a hold and Keith Urban was on it. So I got me and Ernest were signed as, and he had another song similar that did the same thing. And we were signed as a duo uh, to Sony Publishing, like as an mm. ad, like like development kind of deal, not even a record deal. And so yeah. me and him were a duo. And I think we owe a lot of that uh, to the Warren Brothers and, in, and especially my mother too, for still, you know, kind of asking, you know, if you ever get a chance to write with the, you know, a cancel, do it. So the Warren Brothers signed us to a, a joint venture deal with Sony Publishing. Um, and that's kind of where we both got our start. And we just started writing every single day from then and to whatever happens Hell now. Yeah. That is crazy. Hell yeah. That is crazy. Here's uh, and here's a little tea. I just met the Warren Brothers. Last yeah. 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 Um, And they are going to be on next season. Nice. That's, so that is- You'll love them. They're so funny. They are, uh, I, I I mean, I hung out with them for a little bit and let me tell you, the stories are ready from them. <laughs> they, 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 that's their, they have a million, they're incredible. And that's, that's how they got signed. They tell me like my grandmother, when they first walked in um, to her office back in the day, way, I mean, I was a child. They were trying, they were going to try to get into a publishing deal. And she, he, she always said they had her laughing at the end of the conversation. She goes, all right, you got a deal. And they're like, you don't want to hear, hear us playing music. She said, if you're this funny and you're, you're right with Tom Douglas, you're good. <laughs> and just oh, them on the wow. spot. So like, just cause they're, they're just that funny and that she, she understood too, that how much networking is a part of this. And so they always remember that and they gave me a chance when no one else would. And um, we just happened to get lucky that day. And so I think I owe a lot to the Warren brothers for sure. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, they are, they, they have created some songs that I have that, you know, 15 year old Marcus love. <laughs> oh yeah. Love. yeah. If you're reading this from Tim McGraw, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Uh, highway highway don't care too that's a sleeper yes. that people kind of forget about but that was with taylor and, so and tim that was so great and we and we can't for, we can't forget red solo cup you know yeah come on that <laughs> solo cup was massive man it was massive cheers massive cheers we can't forget that i still you know? remember it was what cma cma award gosh however so many years ago and uh literally i was there and he there was a giant red solo cup that they <laughs> and he was walking through the and... crowd just singing it yeah oh my gosh <laughs> wow that's a good time so <laughs> wait so let's, let's let's rewind we're going we're going back and forth and i'm loving this conversation but i want to know when you put your first album on your first album your independent album it was black crow um yeah yeah what was that like because that i feel like that 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 also was a pivotal moment in your career where, where that really a lot of people don't talk about because you put it out with no i don't know if you had any deals at that point in time or anything like that but you put it out 
and you yeah. show up to the world. Um, and the song is fucking phenomenal. Um, Thank you, man. Thank you. Um, and you can like you can hear like you can hear from from the first you note. Know, you're like this guy is going somewhere. So, oh, thanks, man. What have you learned from? Because obviously everyone has evolved in each album. So, right, what, yeah. what have you learned <laughs> from that album to your current album? Now we're not going to skip over bitches. Don't worry, everybody. We're we're going to get <laughs> <the> bitches. <laughs> We're not, not going to skip over that. But I just want to know what you as a person, not just you as an artist, but what did you learn? Yeah. If you can reflect and what did you learn about yourself from that good time question. period? Not just you as an artist, but what did you learn about yourself from that time period to the time you to now? Wow, that's a good question. Um, well, even going back further, I actually released a record called Telling All My Secrets before that, absolutely by myself. I recorded everything on my little Pro Tools rig, wrote every song um, uh-huh. and just put it, put it out and I released it, went to CD Baby, made CDs and I sold it. And I think that inspired me. But the reaction I got from that in my space at the time and people buying the music that said, okay, maybe I can do this. And so I was working construction, like I said, right out of college. And the guy I was working for had built a studio for this guy out in California that always said, hey, man, you find someone in Nashville, send him up my way. And um, I told him I sung a little bit. He flew me to flew me to California. I'd never been there. I started talking to this guy, played him some music on his guitars. And he fell in love and said, man, I want to I want to make a record for you. I want to pay for it. I want to do it. Let's do it. And we and he basically just funded me to make a record that I wanted and to go on an indicator station radio tour. We use grassroots promotion. I was basically, he was just letting me go to town and work for myself, manage myself with his funding. And so we did that. We made a record. We went to grassroots promotion, put it out on all the indicator radio stations. I traveled the country with me and my buddy, Brad Clausen. No radio promotion team with us. We just went, we rented a car every weekend and we traveled and we promoted Black Crow as a single and kind of got as far as we could with that. And then all of a sudden I got offered that deal as publishing with Sony but they wouldn't sign me with this weird record deal out in California. So I asked out of that deal. I said, I'll give you everything. Mm-hmm. If you'll let me be a songwriter with Sony, that's my dream. And the, the dude, his name is Matt Swanson, let me out. Nothing. Just, he said, go pursue it. I said, man, if I ever, wow. ever make it in this town, would you want to work again? He said, give me a call. And I say that record taught me that is that I stood a chance. And so two years later, we started Riser House together and to make another record um, after the writing thing and did our own thing. And I think it comes from each record you learn based on your your response and what you do there is being authentic and being true to that. I think I learned from that one record telling them or no, it's called trying to matter. Sorry. And then we did black crow. And then Telling All My Secrets was a record I made, my first major record. And every single one, based on the response of them, allowed me some confidence to go make it in whatever way I could make it in the music industry, if that makes sense. It's taken each route, and it's the confidence that you need because you get torn down every single day. And I'd say what I learned from each record is (laughs) be authentic and then watch what happens with it. See what people say and use every good vibe you get from them. Add those up. Don't use the negatives. Add every good vibe to move on to the next stage. It's like buying a house, making money on that house and buy the next. That's what I've done with every single record. Except money, I've used, you know, people being nice and saying good things about them. (laughs) Yeah. So you've learned, you've basically, you've learned what you are capable of. It's exactly. Pretty much exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. Um, let's talk about your Sony deal. Yeah. Let's talk about your Sony deal. Uh, how did that come about? How, so, because everyone, obviously, if you, like you said earlier, you never know who's in the room. Um, mm-hmm. How did that come about? Where Was Sony at a show that someone, like, what was the process for you okay. to get inside the Sony? <laughs> yeah. So we, after we started Riser House Records, we put out a few songs, one called Bitches, one called Alcohol You Later, <clears throat> Make It to the Party, put out an EP, and we were 
were able to build enough of a fan base to get us for CMA Fest to allow us to play during their festival. Right. And we were playing at the little, uh, you know, at the uh, Predators Arena. They got that little, oh, you know, yeah. cylinder, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big glass uh, cone shaped thing. And we were in that room and I had no idea, hadn't played a lot of shows, just been, you know, kind of radio tour indicator and I just show up and the whole place was packed. And that really blew my mind. Um, and they were singing back every word, alcohol, you later and bitches. And that was the first time that ever happened. And I just remember just kind of being crazy in the moment. Kid Rock was even there, said something like, I was just like, what is happening? This is weird. And then Kristen (laughs) Ashley, who's my manager now, she wasn't my manager at the time, but she was kind of doing everything for me. That's why eventually I made her my manager, but she pulled me aside after she goes, Hey, you have to come here real quick. These, these people are from Sony. They want to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you need to stop everything you're doing right now. Quit packing up. Like I'm putting up my own cables, everything Come over here. And, uh, we started talking to them and, uh, they just happened to be there like, and dug it. And, um, about three weeks later, even before our record deal was signed, uh, I was out on the road. They put me on the road for a radio tour to, to be, you know, we picked a single, it was called drunk me. Mm-hmm. Um, I recorded it really fast and we went on the road even before the deal was done. And, um, life just kind of happened super quick right at that moment. And it just was one of those things that I tell you never know who's in the room. So every time if there's two people, you play your fucking best, man. You play every single time you play like it's your last because mm-hmm. you never know. And I've had that moment even in the songwriting where Craig Wiseman was there and came up after a show and just how much he liked my song. And that means every, that, that gets you to go to the next one, to keep playing. He didn't offer me any deals. He just, someone I very well respected, I didn't know was even listening, came up afterwards and said that was great. And it, you, you use those moments. You need those moments. You thrive on those moments. And I'm telling you, that's how this town's built. It's how almost everyone in this town is built. Uh, and so it's what you got to do. Dude, that's so fantastic. I think that there's a lot of people who get almost discouraged when there's only a few people in the room. So the fact that that was one of your big moments, that's a real testament to every time we get on a stage, you're on the stage. Every, that's every all that really freaking time. matters. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really, really great. I have some questions. So I want to talk about your yeah. your relationship with your little lady for, for a bit. Let's go. Because, you know, you guys are both in the music industry. You guys are both super successful. First of all, how'd you meet? <laughs> Met at Losers. She was a... Uh, this girl walked yeah, in wearing, yes. wearing wearing camo and yes. I was like who the hell is this girl uh, she actually just came out of the tree stand and one of her friends was like I need a wingman tonight she's like I don't look cute I don't look all dolled up and she ended up coming there and I was just like, who the hell are you? She was dipping. She was wearing camo. I was like, I'm interested. I'm just whatever. We definitely didn't hit it off at first. She thought I was, she thought I was playing her. And I was just really just truly blown away. It wasn't until a red door, right? It wasn't until a red door. Yeah, it was like it was like a red door, a rebar. Yeah, rebar, rebar. Rebar. Okay. They're throwing darts. I had a buddy call me. I get there and we we re-met. And uh funny story that night. I was like, hey, you want to come with us to spaghetti factory or somewhere like that? Amerigo's or something. We did that, and then afterwards we went bowling, and I just kind of treated her as my date the whole time. <laughs> we, uh, oh my god! Kind of fell for each other that night. Uh, clearly, she didn't have your bowling skills. <laughs> no, no. I, I think I think I had her at spaghetti, but bowling was on top. <laughs> That's amazing. So, how do you guys? Well, pre-COVID, obviously things were probably yeah. a lot different. But how did you guys balance yeah. out? Kind of you guys both being on the road and both kind of being a big deal. You know how how was that in a relationship? Sense? It actually worked great. I mean, we we both. 
yeah. like I said, we, we both fell in love with music before we fell in love with each other. And so mm-hmm. we both want to see each other success. We both want to see each other achieve our dreams. So it's hard when you don't see each other all the time, but when you know they're doing what they love and what they're meant to do, it makes it easier. And so we would make the best out of the time we've got. We'd be gone a lot. Um, but then when we see each other, it'd be great. And now, uh, you know, we see each other all the time. It was, <laughs> yeah. a te- it, you know, it was a test. It's, it, it was a test that I'm sure millions of people face this year and we, we pass it. Thank God. Um, and we learned oh, a lot yeah. more about each other, but we still can't wait to, for each other to get back on the road like normal and to do that. And, uh, we give each other the space that we need. I mean, you know, as cliche as it sounds, I don't, I'm like calling myself an artist. I'm just, you know, a redneck that picks up a guitar, but we all have that brain, just, just like y'all, we all have that brain, that, that chemical imbalance in our heads that makes us, you know, yep. art. It is art, whatever it is, it's mm-hmm. art. And so, okay, we're artists and we need, we thrive a little bit differently than, than a lot of other people. And so we need that moment to ourselves. We need that time apart, but we also truly need people that believe in us and we need people to come home to. Uh, that's a huge thing. And so it's a balance of both of those worlds. Uh, and that's why I think on the road, we're at our, we're at our finest uh, because we get both of those, if that makes sense. Did she, oh, I love that. Did she, I came with a theory. So that's my question. Was, did she hit, I can't remember, was she, she knew the Nashville when you first met her? Like had she had just moved there, moved to Nashville? She had been here about a year, I think. Okay. She says we met before, but I don't remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I came with a, I came with a theory, and and for those of you listening, you you can bash if all you want. I came with a theory <laughs> that if you don't meet the person, if you don't meet someone within the first two to three years of either you or them living in Nashville, you're not going to meet anyone at all. Um, meet anyone at all? Okay. I'm going to be alone right. for the as rest far, of my life. Far, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as being like, man, like you're so like, <laughs> like you're so made and things like that. So that's why I'm like, uh, and we. Like I've, I've talked to people, and it's like, and it's like everyone I've talked to are like married for twenty five years or whatever. <laughs> they met them like two and two and a half years into living in Nashville, so it's like you're two to three. Well, years it's kind of, kinda, you know. Well, it's it's kind of hard not Damn to meet it. everyone in Nashville within two and a half. Exactly, everyone's <laughs> everyone but, knows but, everybody. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think sometimes, Bree, don't worry. Sure. It's, it's sometimes you got to kind of weed out. <laughs> weed out a lot of people. Um, it's true. It's and for true. me and her, I moved to town yeah. when I was 16, so I wasn't going to find anybody oh, well. at that age anyway. Well, yeah, and you're looking so. for different things. <laughs> so and and me, me and her were actually fresh oh, off yeah. of breakups that we swore off men and women the rest of our lives. So um, it just happened that, yeah. you know, you, you find it when you're not looking. Like I said, you'll have the most success when you're not trying. Oh. Uh, it's the same thing. And so it's, it's, you just gotta, you gotta do what you do best. And and, and in both worlds is be yourself. And I think that will uh, attract women or men, whatever. And then you will, you will, if you be yourself in the music, you will attract fans more people, people, every, from every aspect, you will find out how unauthentic you are very quickly. And I think that's what Nashville is all about. Amen to that. While we're on the subject with with Miss Meg Patrick, um, you guys shared a moment and the moment is that you guys both had number ones at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was so so cool. The listeners have heard her side of it. (laughs) Let's hear your side of you both having a number one one at the same time her in canada and you so crazy so if for those of you who know drunk me was his number one hit yeah um so yeah it would be uh i was in vegas we got the call i was uh, it's number one so it's number one for a week and so we were still on the road tour and i don't remember where we were but megan happened to come to that show um and we it was a great show great turnout we were playing live and megan was on the it was that night where like they find out if it's going to be number one or not they were she was battling with someone i can't remember 
think it was Thomas Rep in Canada. And uh, mm-hmm. I have I have on my phone media base, which like shows everything, mm-hmm. uh, which is how they that, how they determine number ones and stuff with radio for people that don't know. Uh, it shows all the numbers and all, all the logistics. And she wasn't like she was so nervous and stuff. And I got done with the show. We went downstairs. She said she wasn't going to look at it the whole time. We're sitting in the in the dressing room and um, I open up the phone and she just like she's on the chair, just kind of shaking her knees. And I'm looking at it and I kind of joked her that I was like, uh, baby, look, I love you. It doesn't matter. None of this matters. I don't know. I mean, this just, it says number one. I don't know what it means. <laughs> she just, she just started freaking out. We jumped up and, um, oh, wow. you know, um, and I had the comfort of knowing I had one before her did a little bit. So I wasn't on the complete day because I had just, I had just dealt with the same thing a few days earlier. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but it was, it was awesome. And it was very special. We'll never forget it. And then we drinks, drinks were happening. Drinks were flowing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. We were very- so, so anything after week. that, I don't remember a lot, but yeah. a lot of tequila was poured. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of phone calls were made, a lot of thanks, a lot of gratefulness, a lot of prayers were sent up saying thank you. And um, it was just something we'll never forget. What a what a cool moment. As well as it should have been. That's uh so we're gonna we're gonna give people what they want here. Um right, cheers, everybody. I'm taking a shot to it all. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking away. Yeah. So um, I said we were going to talk about it, so we're going to talk about it because I just saw you guys. Apparently, there for those who don't know, many different versions of the song. There's a Christmas <laughs> version, and then there's a the regular <laughs> version. Um, Dolly, you and Dallas Wilson, good, good, yeah. good, good guy, good guy. Yeah, um, there you go. Wrote this infamous song that when I was going through a breakup, someone sent the song to me. <laughs> that's that's great. I love that. I and love this it. Is how, this is become. This is how I discovered Mitchell Tempany. <laughs> Uh, when I don't deal it got, with bitches no yeah, more. Yeah, when it got to the chorus and they just said, <laughs> I don't deal with bitches anymore, I almost like, oh, I wow. almost went to look for the ringtone. Yeah. <laughs> Are there ringtones anymore? I don't but know. I don't, but then I was like, there's no more ringtones. Seriously. I can't be doing that. Like, people look at me going crazy. In the middle of the doctor's office, all of a sudden you hear, I don't deal with bitches anymore. <laughs> can't be doing that. Who's so, so good. <laughs> so, let's, it's like the, it's like the country equivalent of that i don't fuck with you exactly. <laughs> yeah yeah 100 so let's go back to that day let's go back to what the hell happened who broke your heart that you decided <laughs> yeah, who to go you? into this room who hurt you, and write oh, bitches <laughs> Oh man uh it's so funny uh, not all my songs are about me first off uh, <laughs> no i i had had a um i had a couple buddies that's what they that, all say mitchell <laughs> i know well yeah i've had to deal with bad historians for a while uh, but uh, um, a couple of my buddies had just gotten dumped or cheated on um and they were the relationships you root for um you know the ones that, that you actually do like that your friends have you're like these girls are awesome I love y'all together. Y'all work together. And they got cheated on. And um, mm-hmm. Dallas was riding with me that day. I lived out in Nolan's at the time, which is a little bit further. And he got all the way out there. And I was just like, dude, I don't, I don't really feel like riding today. Honestly, I just got off the phone with one of my buddies. He's all whatever. I'm just not in the mindset. He's like, man, I came all, I was like, I'll, let's go to the bar down the road. I'll buy your drinks. Let's just go. Let's just go have a, a bud day and just get over. And he goes, man, I drove all the way out here. We just fucked around with something for a minute. And he he just had that lick. I don't even have my guitar, but that dum 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 dum. And I just started joking. And I was like, well, I don't deal with bitches no more. Just fucking around. And he just, his eyes went like this. And I, and I just started, and he was like, man, would you sing that? I was like, I was like, yeah, I would absolutely sing. I was like, no one would do that. No one cut that song. He's like, well, would you? And I was like, yeah, I would. And so I was like, fuck it. Let's just do that, man. And I, uh, 
I started that off with, you know, my daddy always told me to be aware of your surroundings. That's what my side company is about. Be aware of your surroundings. Uh, and, and I wanted that song to be, again, not it ain't about calling girls bitches or guys bitches. It's about calling bitches bitches. Amen. We, 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 we've, all, we've all dealt with them, but I'm going to give yes. my story. I, uh, I, have a, I, I date women. I have a girlfriend. That's just me personally in my life. And, uh, and I wanted to tell my story. And so it wasn't, a, if I told it in anyone else's, it wouldn't have been authentic or made sense. And I don't think it would have connected the way that it did, mm-hmm. which is the way I wanted it to, which is back to yeah. everything I said. Being authentic has been the best thing for my career. And I say bitches, I cuss. I'm not the best. I, I don't have the best vocabulary in the world. I never, I, I don't call a girl a bitch to her face. I just say the word bitches all the time. Do you quit being a bitch? You're being a bitch whatever like that to my buddies. <laughs> and like, and I, that's what I meant by it. And the thing is I don't deal with bitches no more. Quit being a bitches, quit being bitches, quit tearing people down. I have to make, I yeah. put my foot down the ground that day and said, I don't deal with bitches no more. And you shouldn't either. And that's kind of became our mantra for the entire thing that we do. It's like, man, take care of you and yourself. And I quit yeah. taking life so seriously, man. I think the whole thing kind of encompassed at that moment. I found out what I wanted to be as an artist and I don't want to be known as just the bitches guy, of course, but I want to be known as the guy that just tells us how it is. Um, and that's yeah. kind of where it all, it all started from that song. And thank God Dallas said, man, let's just kind of mess around for a minute. And, uh, and, uh, we, you know, I kind of started singing that melody. And then you guys went and got drunk after. We did get drunk. I mean, because that's what you do after every song in Nashville anyway. Exactly. Then, yeah, so we made, the dem- we made the demo. It started doing its Nashville thing where it'd go around to emails. And and again, I was with Riser House Records at that time. And my yeah. investors, I mean, a huge Christian. He's amazing. Great guy. So the, having that song come across the desk was a little intimidating at first. But we started seeing the reaction and it was all positive. It was people saying, thank you for this. Women saying, thank you for this. You've helped me through a breakup. And we all looked at each other in a meeting room one day and said, are we going to fucking do this? Are we going to put this song out in this time? And we said, look, we're going to because that's what we do. That's what we do different. We're going to do what people tell us to do. And people are telling us to put this song out. And, oh, dude, uh, and I did. tell you what, like this song, like it legitimately, I remember I went through a breakup in 2014 and I hated this guy. And that was right around the time when that, you little stupid ass bitch, yeah. I fucking yeah, yeah, with. And yeah, it was like, yeah. I would scream that, that song at the top of my lungs because it made me feel so good. It was so cathartic. Yep. This is legitimately the country version of that. Like, I don't Thank deal you. with you bitches no more. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. this, this I, is great. I love it. Yeah. I can call you crazy, throw your shit out the door, but I don't deal with you no more. And it's just, that's, yeah. that's just all about put your story in it. It's your song. And I think everyone yeah. deserves everyone deserves to sing that loud and get angry at whoever messed them up and fucked with them. Amen. Amen. I love. Thank you. Um, on behalf of all heartbroken, <laughs> cheated on women, thank you. We well, thank, thank you, you for taking it the way it was written and not canceling me. <laughs> oh, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Thank God. Thank God. You, you released it right now. You released it right now. Well, you might, there's, there is Dick Dad in Dallas, so you might you might get, you might would have got past it. You know, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. And, and dude, and that song's doing great. I think really it comes down to. Quit. We got to quit apologizing for messing up all the time, man. Like we're, we're humans. And that song is that song is not meant to hurt anybody. It's just meant to help. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things we should apologize for. And we, we're not going to get into everything. But, well, you know, what I'm saying we, yeah. we got to quit every every time someone's offended by something and just mm-hmm. quit, man. Like it's just going to happen. Everybody's going to be offended by something all Absolutely. the time on either side. Yeah. So so, like, but if it out, but if someone I've had people say literally this helped me from committing suicide. Uh, I'm sorry. If that saved their life, and you're just offended by it. You can go fuck yourself. You can go fuck yourself. So, <laughs> yep, yep. You heard it here first, so, folks. So here, so 
what is your process? Because obviously that was a very different process. That was that was one of those where it was just like, holy shit, this is actually getting more buzz than we thought it was going to get. Like, we can't believe, you know. Yeah. What is your, now, right. that you, now that I feel like it's a little bit more structured now when you're dealing with your partner with, right. a, with a major label and things like that. So what is your process of putting out singles that you truly believe in and singles that are right for radio? There's the, there's because people put out, because let's put it this way: singles that you could believe in may not be right for radio. So that's and well. Apparently, appa- of- apparently, yeah. Apparently, my last three haven't been right for radio. So um, <laughs> you know, I'm not I don't think say, I have a problem. I'm not going to say negative biting <laughs> radio stations right now, but <laughs> I know, and, and, I, and I'm not either. Is dead right now because of I'm not, COVID and everything. Yeah, you know, and I'm not radio. Radio gave me a career with drunk right. me, and uh, and for whatever reason. Uh, you know, all those songs that didn't work have gone gold records for me. So people are listening to them, but they didn't work at radio. So we're still trying to crack that code. You know, we got a song bucket list right now that's doing really well for us. And I think that song's been one of the most honest songs I've written in a while. And I think Drunk Me was that. And and maybe, you know, I think once we had a big success right out of the gate with a song like Drunk Me that changed our whole career, then I started overthinking. You know, then I started mm-hmm. thinking about, oh, what does radio want? And yeah. Um, you know, I don't think, like you said, I don't think, I don't think that's how you how you get a radio song. I think you got to write the best song, you got to write the song from the heart, and I think yeah, it will get to the point where radio, dude. yes, yeah. right, and you get back to that, and I think that's what radio is going to play. Back to what I said, being naive. When I wrote Drunk Me, I wasn't trying to write for radio. I was just writing a song that was from my heart, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um, and so and that was kind of bucket list too. That I never thought that would even cut the song, let alone be something we recorded let alone being something we released and now who knows what's going to happen with it but it's like that song's been the best reaction we've had releasing a song since drunk me like that and it's i truly think it's because i wasn't trying and and like i said earlier i think we got to get back to that i've had enough years in between to know that that's where i'm going to have the most success and that's what i'm going to continue to try to do with my music and my process is I'm not going in the room to write a song for me. I'm going in the room to write the best song. And if it happens, and then, then if I fall in love with it afterwards, then we'll run with it. And so, yeah, I'm kind of at that point in my career right now where I've got to, I've got to figure that out. I love that. Well, then that kind of, sorry, go ahead, Marcus. No, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that leads to kind of my, my next question, probably my last question. So like, what, what is, what is next for you? Like, what are you what's next on the agenda since COVID's kind of dying down and everything a little bit, what you got going on now? Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully we would. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're releasing a lot of music and that's the thing. We've been very lucky to build a fan base and have incredible, um, you know, die hard stick with you to the end fans that have allowed us to create a, a business um, even outside of what radio has allowed us to do. Um, and they've they've streamed the shit out of our music and they play and they they you know they they share it and we're very grateful so we're going to feed that we're going to feed the fans we have a million songs and we're going to continue to release them you know a lot once every month that's the plan and then we got to oh, get wow. back on the road we're going to get back on the road and we're going to start touring again when we can do that we're going to go do what we do best and it's make yeah. you believe it with a live show what i love to do uh, connect with people and make sure you come back the next time and um, that's our plan right now. And then we're building up to a record. And then hopefully, like I said, uh, radio finds a song that they love and they want to play and support again. And, and, uh, we would love to, we would love to do whatever we can to make that happen because radio, like I said, they're a huge part of my life and we, we want to be on the radio. We want to do that. Um, and, and we want, you know, country music fans love the radio. And so we want to do whatever that is, but right now we got to do what we can do 
and that's right music and release it. That's what we're going to be doing. Uh, I, I, oh, yeah. I listened to an interview. I listened to an interview earlier today, uh, or actually yesterday, about touring, and um, the artists. I'm not going to. I'm not going to say where I heard the interview, but the artists uh, basically said that, you know, he's not going to half-ass it. He's not going to come back. And right. If he can't, you know, get into the arena, if he can't get into the stadium, then you know, at full capacity, he's not going to half-ass it. It just doesn't, it's not going to feel right to half-ass a tour. Yeah. Which brings me to my, yeah. this final segment for you. Right. I say segment because this is the radio in me, but this, I'm going to say <laughs> segment. Um, rapid fire questions here. Ooh. All right. All right. Love them. If you sometimes go, get me in trouble. It does. It does. <laughs> If if you could go on any tour, okay, with any current headliner right now, yeah, who who would it be? It could be country, it could be pop, it could be rock. Who would it be? Well, two answers. We were supposed to be with Jason Aldean last year. I want to go back out with Jason this year. So if Jason decides to do the tour. We want to be on there with him. I love Jason. That's it. Um, and then on the other side of the platform, John Mayer. I would love to tour with John Mayer. John Mayer is the love of my life, baby. The yeah, absolute of my life. Best answer. Yes, yes. Thank you. Wait a Amen. minute. I am I am the biggest fangirl over John Mayer, uh, oh, fanboy, whatever. I have all of his guitars. Even his song. Know. I'm just obsessed with John Mayer. So oh, okay. okay. And um we didn't we didn't get we didn't get to touch on all on all the singles, but I'm because I'm sure we're gonna have you on eventually again. Yes, but, anytime, man. Um favorite single that you have put out. Well, I, I've got to, I've got to say, drunk me, man, because it changed my life, changed my career, um, it changed everything for me, my band, my brother, my family, my crew. Uh, I got to say, drunk me, drunk me. All right, and one last thing: if you, if Mitchell Tiffany was not a singer, songwriter, <laughs> oh. artist, what would he be? Ooh. I'd be a coach. I want to. I'd coach sports, football. Probably, Aww. probably a football coach. I loved it. I loved it. I love coaching kids. I love, um, you know, being some kind of mentor to people. I love doing that. And it would be awesome to be a, be a football coach. I've always, I, I turned, I had to turn, I got offered to do my, my St. Paul to be a coach for a sixth grade team. Uh, right when music started happening for me, and it was one of the <laughs> hardest things in the world to turn. I was like, well, maybe I can make it work on Monday and Tuesdays. And, <laughs> the road. and they're like, no, nah, man, we need you all in. I'm like, oh, I can't Aww. do it, but I, I would love to, uh, I love to be a part of part of coaching people, watching kids become teammates and, and do things together is, is special. And I, it's the only reason I'm, I'm at where I'm at learning about teams and leadership. Uh, I'd love to be a part of that uh, impact on, on kids' lives, be a coach. On the sports thing, you actually went to college for or Lipscomb Academy, didn't you? I went to David Lipscomb High School, played football there, and then I went to MTSU. MTSU. Um, yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this uh, this has been fantastic. This is. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank y'all. I am glad that we we were able to end the the season <laughs> on a high note. I mean, the whole thing's been right. A really high note. <laughs> um, <Where's this? laughs> I'm, I'm on a drunk note. So where's the joints? Great for me. <laughs> where's, 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 where's the drinks at? Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah, um, I'm just whiskey. And... I have one, and I'm like, all right. Um, but let's. I wish. Let's. I'm on keto, so I can't even really do much besides oh. straight whiskey. Sure, straight. Oh. Man, it works. It works. Keep on it. it. I need to get on it. Meg, Megan did it and, and and killed it on it. So I, I did to, it. Uh, I, I did it before. I did it before and lost 25 pounds in six weeks. Wow, that's Dude. amazing. Yeah, I, 
Yeah. Well, I need to. I need to. Quarantine got the best of me. Quarantine got the best of me. I'm right there with you. I'm about yeah. to go work out as soon as yeah. 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 I gained the COVID 19. Amen. Amen. Well, this has been another episode of Swanky Section Podcast. This is Mitchell Tiffany. Make sure you follow him everywhere. Go listen to his music. Go share his music. Uh, and Radio, go out and re- listeners, go out and request his shit, man. Go out and request <laughs> request bucket list. Let's give this, you, let's give this guy another number one. <laughs> but love, Hell man. Yeah. Come on. I'm on board with <laughs> that. Sounds great. I'm on board with that. <laughs> Mitchell, you're Thank awesome, you. dude. Thanks for chatting with yeah, us. You are amazing. Thank you guys so much.